because uh, I was fighting the rice and it's not completely done. So I have to go check on them. Fighting the rice. I mean, yeah. look, man, they're tiny, but he's wildly outnumbered. So I, I, I am. Yeah, there's got to be a million uh, of them in there. I wanted to make him in a different way that I've done before. That was really tasty, but uh, it's more tricky than just using the rice cooker. What, what did you do? Just stick it on a pot or something with water instead? Yeah, there's not uh, that many like ways you, of cooking you rice. Cook, I cook some meat in a pan, then some aromatics like garlic and ginger, and then some onion, and then cook the rice and butter with that, and then chicken stock. And then it's supposed to be done at after like 20 minutes, but it's not done. Mm, I do something similar with that with the, when I make Spanish rice, cook it in a skillet like that. And it always takes longer than I expect, but whatever. I don't expect it to be timely. It's rice. And this is a preview of the cooking podcast that Andreas is going to start up called what making <laughs> filler with broken jars. Yeah. You're, you're on a good uh, route. Yes. You have a book. You can do things that aren't lettuce pizza. You're going to report back and we're going to judge you on it. This is going to be great. Right. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> I just take a few more pictures, and we'll just judge you on literally everything, and give you some scores, and you can try to improve. This, this is a perfect plan. Yep, perfect plan. We will judge you on the <laughs> cleanliness of your stove as well. Of course, we will. Oh, that's... is that a thing? Don't do yes. that. Like, I get it if it's a messy room, but, like, your kitchen is supposed to be dirty while it's in progress, right? Like, spills while happen and stuff? While it's in progress, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's always a disaster after I leave the kitchen, but it's, like, I know I could have done better. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like somebody's never had a fight with flour before, but... Oh, I guess I haven't lost a fight with flour in a long time. I wouldn't admit to losing either. Certainly not live on the air, but you know. See, it's the the powdered sugar when I'm trying to make buttercream that usually gets to me because I put it in when I'm trying like uh, the uh, the bowl and I'm trying to start mixing it and it just poofs everywhere. And then I have I'm... to start it really slowly, or yeah. put the cover on. Yeah, I've, I've poofed myself. My friend was like, "Damn, dude, you had a party." <laughs> the hookers and blow that Justin was talking yeah. about last yeah. week. Exactly. Always. All right. Are, are you ready to be serious now? Never. <laughs> yeah. You have mistaken us with a different <laughs> podcast, clearly. So. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we we had a, a moment of professionalism with J Ray. So now it's just like we could do that again, can't we? Probably not. I mean, could we? Yes. Will we? Probably not. Doubtful. I mean, I too have been known to clean up and be professional every now and again, but it's Saturday. Why would I do that to myself? This is my time, you know. So continuing with the second guesses, we've gotten through changes. Now we can start examining ghost story and onwards. Um, and the biggest thing of Ghost Story is kind of the reveal of the decision he made and changes that we kind of talked about. And that's why it's not a decision for Ghost Story is he was being manipulated by Fallen Angel and that's why he had to kill himself, sort of. It's like the most impactful choice of the, that story and yet it wasn't exactly his because, yeah, that last year in the shadows and all that. And it wasn't in that story. Sort of. Yeah. That's where it gets with Ghost Story gets weird because mm. it is in changes, it is in Ghost Story, and not in the other at the same time. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably the most 
impactful thing, and I'm channeling EG a little bit, so you're welcome. It's like whether or not he helps the kids. Like, I think he could have just, you know, not helped the kids would have been fine, but Fits that's probably them. as, yeah, that's probably as much Fort Hill's problem as, you know, Harry's because like Harry mostly just like he mostly gets involved ultimately when like Fort Hill gets involved, right? Like, well, not quite. So Fitz and what's his face? They had, they mm -hmm. went and shot at Murphy's house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So then, so that's why he followed him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's still stupid, but okay. Yeah. He That's does kind of get pulled into that one. So. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I guess Justin's first real good choice was going to Mortimer. Yes. You're going to be yeah. back as a ghost. Who do you talk to? Well, you go talk to the person you can talk to ghosts. This is, it's the very logical. It made perfect sense. He wasn't being an idiot about it. Although past idiocy had made uh, Lindquist go like, no, 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 I'm not dealing with you. I'm going to go have an Oreo. Right. Understandable. Just a single Oreo though, because yeah. he's That's learned Lindquist has lost weight and he's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Taking care of he, himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it, it's, wildly revealing character moment all the way around right you know because he's he's lost weight he's been he's serious about it but he's also human and so he keeps it there you know for those rare moments but he restricts himself to one that's a level of willpower i don't think i've ever mastered so you know it, yeah that one's a bit hard but it's yeah it's so funny to me like when harry dresden shows up on your doorstep or I mean, Harry didn't even do this when Morgan showed up on his doorstep. It was like, hide me, they're coming for me and all that. He didn't have any outlet to deal with his frustrations. He had a massive headache instead, literally. But like, he's, okay, I have this overwhelming emotion I cannot control. I'm going to solve it with sugar. <laughs> Which is what so many of us do. Sure. But, also yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, and it was so interesting just as an aside, to get to see Lindquist actually be as powerful as he was in that beginning because of all of the wraiths that he had around and like binding them to him to get their, their skills as he needs because he is an ectomancer and Dresden doesn't know shit about that. Yeah, but he's not binding them though, right? Like it's, it's more mutually beneficial kind of, you know, yes. like, yeah, like it's, it's a kind of thing it's a kind of thing that we don't see in a lot of fantasy, right? Because sorcerers are traditionally spirit binders and that sort of thing, right? You know, they do, they do get their magical powers more or less from summoning and conjuring spirits traditionally, but that obviously can vary author to author and whatever. And so like Mortimer could, you know, qualifies that, but it, he really is like more of like, he's an, he negotiates with them. You know, like certainly he compels Dresden to get out of his body and certainly he's he's got ghost dust and all of that stuff to secure his certain rooms in his house. And and like he can, you know, use his power against them. But for the most part, it it's like he's a ghost therapist almost, yeah, you know, where it's totally. just like, yeah, you should really cross over. Ah, shit, you've been dead for a couple hundred years. Your unfinished business is probably not going to get finished. I got some bad news about that, you know. Um, and they're whereas, kind of like a, a warden, ghost warden as well. Like, like the ones that, that are like, what is it they're called? The bad ghosts? The lectors or the whatever? Lectors. The lector yeah. specters? Yeah. The lector specters that he yeah. like takes in so they don't go out and hurt people. 
Sure. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting because it's also an important um, foil to the necromancers that we've seen because the necromancers are absolutely about compelling and using, you know, spirits. And we see that again later in, in this book too. So, um, so that's, that's just why it's like, yeah, I mean, he could certainly, but I think that probably is where it starts to cross over more into necromancy than just, uh, you know, um, just whatever he does, which I mean, they call ectomancy, which I feel like, you know, doesn't quite differentiate it. Ecto at least gives you like, yeah, okay. He's not dealing with bodies. He's not doing zombies or skeletons. You know, he, he mostly just deals with ghosts uh, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I don't know. So that's enough about Mort. Nobody cares. Just kidding. I, I thought it was great to see him like turn around, especially after Dresden kind of like, uh, the word that comes to mind is dressed down, but it's like admonished, maybe, you know, something like that, where he like just kind of was like, hey, man, pull yourself together. You could do better than this, you know? So that's a decision that pays off. He's had some so. cool character development over over the series. So kind of kind of want to check in with him again soon, hopefully. It's been a while. <laughs> He's got more ghosts to deal with, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, p- part of the problem might be that we're starting to get outside of his you know, element of power. Like, well, we've got a Titan marching down main street. What's more going to bring to that? <laughs> you know, like, like we've, we've definitely moved on to where like even, even Dresden is out of his class. Right. But he's the only one that can do certain things. Like Dresden's the only one that could bind her. So we kind of needed him, but we're definitely up in the like, you know, tanks and, you know, high powered vehicles area and Mortimer is still kind of like, I'm really good with ghosts. You know, like yeah. she flattened four other godlings, you know. So So I would but. say that the thing that Mortimer would do in a like a battle would not be actually to fight if he can avoid it because he's a sure. very intelligent coward. But he was very good <laughs> at reconnaissance. And so exactly like what he done in, in Deadbeat of where were the necromancers on the map or where are the bad guys right now? How do we get out into safety? That's where I think you shine very well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm granted, that's a good point. Um, You know, it might've been interesting to see him get involved with Graceland, but again, he'd been up against real necromancers and like real badass necromancers. Um, But then you also had Martha Liberty, filling the the reconnaissance role so like unless you got more in the background it's not the more of mort that we want right it would have been like ah yes he is still in chicago and he is on screen that's fantastic but you know but then we've got an actual white council wizard and a senior council member at that she's the one doing the actual you know yeah like she can yeah. take over it with the, the the war meeting at the top of the tower but i would hope that lindquist would be like gathering all of his neighbors and all of the people who don't know what's going on and helping them out because the white council can hold their own. It would be fun to see what was he doing off screen that we didn't get to see during battleground these talks um, and find out if he was probably holding himself well, because we see that he can now. Yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely imagine that he's got his specters nearby and, you know, at least his neighborhood might've been patrolled. Uh, you know, even if it's just like the Octacongs didn't come here because it was scary even for them, you know, or yeah. something like that, you know, like just just like a, a simple kind of low magic thing. But, yeah, you you got to know, like there there were definitely some neighborhoods that 
that fared better than others, you know, depending on where they were. Like I got to imagine Michael's neighborhood, even though the angels are more or less relegated to his house and that sort of thing. Like, I mean, obviously they, they sent in the, uh, the, um, what, what what were they servitors or what what did they call them the the turtlenecks um they've got a more technical name but, or turtlenecks yeah. works yeah so they sent them in so that's obviously not working but it's because those guys were mortal operatives or at least mortal enough right well um, there's, there's that but there's but, i mean that neighborhood is safe because molly has two or three houses owned by Faye that are watching yeah. everything yeah which we we now know and you know like they still you know, broke into the house, I think, right? But then they got taken out or something. So, like, I, anyway. Um, so okay. Molly said illusions. So the servitors had something to show for it. And they thought that they had done everything. And so that right. was Molly's trick of, like, Mouse wasn't there. Of course, Mouse would be there. That's how he right. knew that it was an illusion. Yeah. Isn't that you forgot no, that's, the dog? That's, that's, is, that's, that's in the last book, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're just anyway. Yeah, we're hey, okay. I right. Was, well, because we wanted to see more of Mort, and it's like, well, what was the latest book, and what would he have done? Mm -hmm. You know. So yeah. anyway. So back to Ghost Story. Um, yes. I I feel like Ghost Story is where Dresden gets a little bit more wisdom because he had the point of asking the fucking question of his fairy godmother of say who killed me. <laughs> it's, just the, it's the thing that we've been waiting for him to do at various points, like whether it's kill him or what the hell is a starborn or anything. He, there's just, so many just things straight up, just be like, okay, so no pussyfooting around. Here's yeah. the question: what, What's a starborn? Yeah. That detective is the correct question. So, but I'm not allowed to answer you. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the. I mean, there's a moment of like insight that he had to like, oh, I can just ask. I don't have to struggle so much to get the information that everyone else has and it smacks him down and he only gets three true answers ha ha but it's like still one of the best moments to say what happens if the bad guy wins she wins right she wins. yeah um can you think of any other choices that Tristan actually made in ghost story that was something significant because a lot of it was he was put he was a pawn put into position by Uriel, go right. do the thing that you're going to do, which is going to heal a lot of people. It's going to heal Molly, and Murphy's going to start grieving, and and Butters came more into his own. Mortimer was able to do more stuff. Uh, Sir Stewart got to move on to the in between cop level. So, like, yeah, it's it's one of those books where like Harry is generally competent, you know, like, and that that happens more and more later because you know, being incompetent starts to get you killed. Right. Um, you know, so, so like it is, it is one of those. Cause it's like, I, I'm just thinking about like most of his things, right. Like he, he does the assault on magical Normandy, right. In this book, um, you know, he goes toe to toe with the, um, corpse taker. Um, he literally wills himself back to life. That might've been like generally a bad idea, except that, you know, it was kind of the only way forward. Right. You know, so like, again, like a lot of his decisions, if he hadn't made them the way that he did would have been worse. Um, yeah. And, uh, certainly as far as like the major ones go. Um, 
but then it's ghost story. I don't know if I remember all of it. So right, it's just but. it's an interesting question of how much of it was his choices and how much of it was Uriel knowing what choices he's going to make, which kind of takes away some amount of the, the sense of free will. It's like, of course, Dresden's going to help Fitz and all of those uh, outcast kids, because what else is he going to do? Of course, Fort Hill is going to go and try to save them and leaving it up. Like, no matter what, either the kids are going to get help and he'll be fine or they're going to get help and Fort Hill will be dead. But he's going to be taken care of and he has that knowledge that uh, they're making choices to move other people into position. But it's kind of taking away their choices as well because they have to do those things. He has to go save Fort Hill. He has to go save Fitz. Right. Yeah, I I don't know if Dresden's ones like his decisions are the more annoying ones because like I think I think the one that I remember being more mad about was uh, Michael's kid Daniel, right? Mm. Um, where it's just like you're just kind of being an idiot. <laughs> so he's got like a huge um, chip on his shoulder, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a little it's a little sad because I feel like it's a wasted moment. Like he very much could have had, you know, a little bit of Robin. He could have had a little bit of needing to prove himself. He could have had a little bit of like, and maybe it was all of these things, but it was also like a couple of chapters in a book mm. and just never touched on again, you know, like, um, so at least as far as we've seen, like, you know, that probably could have, been or deserved its own side story unless you know we're not we're just not using the character that way um so it's just another one of those things where it's like yay we got that moment but now we're what three or four books down the line and yeah okay. and now daniel is out of the game as far as we can tell from the carpenter right. house and like I, there should have been a bit more probably a little bit more contention of like molly is in a bad place and goes to a really bad one and now her next sibling is involved in the same game and it's dangerous and he gets hurt and i right. feel like michael and charity because could you stop doing this to my children right yeah but it's i mean it's tough like especially i mean michael's literally a paladin right you know yeah. so it's like he's gonna sit down and be like look man it is ultimately your choice but I'm proud of you no matter what you choose. And it's like, you can't, I, I can't imagine growing up and seeing like your dad literally go fight demons and then you not want to follow suit. Yeah. The difference and is you don't have his knowledge and training and you don't have the self-awareness to realize that you're so completely outclassed. Like Michael got a sword kids. That's where most of that comes from. <laughs> you know, the sword balances out most of the hard stuff. But not only just that, he also got. I mean, it makes them it makes them even, right? But Michael is an exceptional man. That's also why usually swords are not held by someone for very long. Him, him, and Sanya and Shiro are, are from what all we understand, exceptions. Well, and that's where I was going. Is like, so it's not just that he also got himself a wife who could spar with him for twenty years and make him armor. You know, so even just with a sword, it's not like he's just like, oh man, I really hope the angel takes care of this one for me. He's mm, putting mm. in the work himself. You know, whereas like Daniel, yeah. just all he brought was his hubris. You know, where he's just like, yeah. ah, I'm Michael's son. I'm gonna make this work. And it's like, bro, <laughs> you haven't done any of the training. You don't have any of the knowledge you don't have the experience you know like you're gonna get there's, your ass kicked is what you're gonna get so there is a what uh michael has a, a line in one of the early books 
where it's it's something like I thought you were let, like Harry's like I thought you were letting God look out for you or something like that, and he's like, you know, it seems selfish to let him do all the work or whatever it is, right? Right. It's something like that. Oh, my faith yeah. protects me. My armor helps. Yeah, right. I think it's it's might be that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think those are both lines, you know, and it definitely, you know, mirrors a sentiment, which is, you know, God helps those who help themselves, you know, like, you know, you can't go to a tug of war and be like, all right, Jesus, take the wheel, you know, like you're going to have to put something into it, guys, you know, so. I think the the most impactful choice of ghost story is uh, from Colin Murphy, Jack Murphy, whatever his name is because he decided to kind of sort of lie to Dresden in the beginning. Like, if you don't go back to Chicago, which is the thing that everyone needs him to do, three of your people will die. It's reasonable on a long enough time scale that he would have been there to save them. It's like, it's like he lied to Uriel and then hung up on him at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. and that probably it's the most act of free will that was a small choice that got everything else moving. It just wasn't Dresden's choices. Right. Which is right. kind of, it's nice and it's fun in that way that it isn't, everything is all about Harry. It is the whole world is moving around him. And mm-hmm. it's the world that we're enjoying. It's not just one character. Well, and, and I mean, the, the, mo- the big impact of ghost story is being able to see what Harry's choices and what Harry as, as Harry has done to the world, you know, like Harry is a very massive object affecting all of those orbits, right? They got to make their own choices and that sort of thing, but they're making it in the lens of seeing Harry be a hero as well. And so when Harry, you know, it's the same thing with Daniel, basically, right? Harry died, Molly and Murphy and a number of other people tried to step up into that and realize that they don't have his power and they don't have his knowledge and his experience. And they really wish that they had Harry back, you know, and that's, that's a big part of the story of ghost story, right. Is, is to show us that impact and to show Harry that impact and maybe don't be so flippant with your life next time, you know, types of stuff. Um, you know, there's, it, it's, there's no one answer, right? There's so many things that happen in ghost story and there's so many um, like morals of the story, so to speak. Um, but, you know, that's one of the big ones to me is that, you know, like you just kind of see and be like, well, you know, we lost our champion. We've got to do the best we can now, you know, type of thing. And you see the people step into that. And then, you know, people like Murphy, for example, because she knows that she's not all of those things. That's where she starts to have to call in favors. She really wish she didn't have to. That's where she starts to have to ally with Marcone and the white court and make the best of it because, you know, she's not Harry Dresden. She can't just like pummel people with snark and magic, you know? So she could do it a little bit yeah. like the vampire in the beginning right yeah. yeah so yeah i don't know cold days it's the best book in the series still is it i would i think so the best i think the so best I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I generally think they each one gets better, but I mean, I like Cold Days a lot. I it just, just it was a culmination of so many things. It had so it was like really well paced. It had uh, a lot of 
big, interesting characters, big problems, got a lot of information, things like that. It was, okay. it's part of it. I think why I love it so much is the, the pacing is really tight of mm. we're doing this thing. We're now doing the, the action and now we're getting information and it does, it's very streamlined. It's, it's like a really well done movie. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I love those like, um, trying to remember what we just watched, where we were talking about that. Oh, um, ironically, I think it was Prisoner of Azkaban. We're in the middle of a Harry Potter rewatch. And I, if I remember right, that's the, yeah, that's the one with the time travel. And it's like, when you introduce time travel, you get, you're really close to fucking it up just by having time travel involved. But it's actually such like a tightly written and tightly filmed story that it's like everything lines up where it needs to line up. And there's, you know, by the end of it, you're like, oh, all of the answers are given and all of the threads have been resolved and that sort of thing, right? You know, um, including like such such a well-telegraphed misdirection with the whole Lupin and serious Black things. So sorry to get off on a, on a tangent, but like it's I felt like hairy. that needed to be justified rather than just me having a hot take. But like that movie is very well done and I'm, I'm guessing that the story was equally well done. So I, I understand. Cold Days, that to you, Cold Days is very tightly well done. Yes. Um, to I mean, me, I, think... I don't enjoy any of the other ones. It's just that that one felt it was so extremely polished in mm. its execution. Gotcha. And I think for me, like Cold Days is one of those where it's like, well, we answered five questions and asked 15 more. So it's like, <laughs> yes. I mean, I kind of enjoy that, but it can be quite frustrating at the same time. Be like, oh, yeah, now you I'm... know that the gates are a real place. And here's like five other things that you need to know that you're and probably not going to find Starborn, out. And I'm not asking this. Like, that's the most important, like a frustrating thing right. at the end. It's like, he gets called Starborn like four times. Right. It's uh, 10 minutes. It's like, hey, why are you calling me that? Right. Yeah. So, okay. So biggest important decision that Harry makes in the book is not asking the fucking question. We all know what that is because we mention it like every show. Come on, <laughs> Harry. <laughs> yeah. True. It, um, I mean, I guess in some ways, again, the, the biggest impactful choices are not probably his because it's Mab gave him the order to kill Maeve and then he takes the difficult route to get there. Maeve is choosing to work with Nemesis instead of be true to what she is as a queen of fairy. And yeah, and then there's some, now he's eating because he's now he's made dinner. Yeah, of course. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't buy that entirely, right? Because, because Dresden does make a ton of choices, and we're dealing with the Fae. They can't compel him, right? He's got to make his own choices. But again, like I feel like he generally chose right. You know, like, um, you know, we could start, we could start with the whole beginning and just the like. You know, I don't know the the some of the first impactful stuff other than just surviving, you know, the first few chapters is going going to his birthday party and deciding to smash a couple of she sickles. And so it's like, yeah, you know, I don't really have a, a disagreement there. Um, that's kind of the the tact you need to take with winter. Um, you know, like he's generally a smart ass with Cat Sith and you know, and Mab and everybody around him until he gets dumped into Chicago. Yeah, those are all, you know, that's pretty much him. Um, you know, like at the end, I remember being blown away by the ending. Uh, I know skipping quite a bit, but like the one, the one that comes to mind is, you know, 
sneaking through the portal naked or the uh, the barrier naked because that's pretty much your only choice. He has his you know kerfuffle with uh, you know the the summer night, um, but then summoning Mab, you know he's like, wait a minute, this is a circle, Mab, 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 and you're like, oh. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> that's Which a thing we could do <laughs> waiting for it. and she's just right. like how it took you so long to get that idea you could right. just say something once in a while you, you're planning you for just, to summon you you could just imagine mab is sitting there in her throne room being like harry dresden hey, don't bother me with this shit. i'm waiting for a call <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, like, come on harry i'm willing you to do it i want you to do it call me in you know, but, but yeah, so again, obviously, Put me in, coach. <laughs> right. Obviously the right decision, um, you know, bringing his people, yes or no, you know, kind of problematic with the whole Murphy killed. Uh, who did, who did she kill Lily? Right. Or um, Murphy actually killed Maeve. Um, oh, she Maeve, killed, she killed Maeve. Maeve killed okay. Lily. And then ah, that's right. The, yeah. the summer mantle went into Sarissa taking her away from winter and may thought she was then safe. And when right. she was about to shoot uh, Harry Murphy shot Maeve because Mab allowed her to move because ice was no longer holding her hands solid. Um, and then, right. and yeah, then everything else happened. Right. Yeah. So you got that. I mean, I guess going back a little bit, you've got him calling on Titania was, you know, not necessarily stupid, but it was kind of a hairy thing to do where it's like, you know, I'm sorry about that thing a couple of years back and you're probably still totally pissed at me, but I got to talk to you, you know, um, you know, he just generally talked to the right people and got the yeah, information it, he needed. So, yeah, that, I guess that's the big thing is that he is starting to realize how much he doesn't know. And he's wanting to talk to people who are more knowledgeable than him and wiser. And that's a lot of what he does in this book. He talks to, to Vaderung, he talks to Rashid, he talks to the mothers, he talks to Titania. He doesn't talk to Mab after the beginning because she already gave the orders. Um, right. But like, part of it is he doesn't feel capable of dealing with this gigantic problem and he's looking for someone to help save him. And they all have to say, right. you are the help. There is no one else. <laughs> it is your right. island. But um, that's, I mean, because he was smart enough to ask questions, he uh, got Except a whole bunch of information. <laughs> yeah, the, the one, the big one. Right. He's on the job. He can't ask personal questions right now. So, but yeah, so I mean, that, I mean, that's kind of the biggest one that comes to mind, I guess, is the whole, you know, not asking that question because I feel like he generally handles everything else well, you know, up to the point where he gets he gets the foe fight with, you know, with Vaterung and and the Earl King and takes over the hunt. You know, they yeah. were like, ah, we're going to kill you. And he's like punches him. And he's like, oh, no, my glass jaw. Oh, you've taken over the wild hunt. That's terrible. It's exactly what we planned the whole time. Yes, <laughs> you that know. Is what, they what a turn of events. Yes, yeah, right. like the choice that he made the correct one: join, hide, or die. Right. And he took it instead. So it's right. uh, he didn't try to hide. Running away doesn't work. And it was right. join and take over, and show that you're the biggest boss in town, and you get to deserve that, um, or do the other choices. And so, like, it was a small choice. They did set it up for him for him to get the idea. After they gave him a ton of other like hints, of like, hey, go do this thing. I'm gonna beat you over the head with it. Right. Like the Earl King, you know, lays down behind Santa Claus and Harry pushes him and he trips over and it's like, oh, no, I fell down, you know, like. 
but it was a choice and he made the right one and it was a it, it was a good one. right they listen to gary this is the one with the boats right so yeah yeah so i mean again generally competent generally works out so it is it's a lot of moving pieces that come together extremely well some of it being his choices kind of like what Matt was trying to point out at the end of um Molly got put into this position, not just because of Mab scheming, but also because of how Harry chose to treat her throughout the time and encourage her in those different ways. Like those choices do have ramifications and part of that leads to her not being the winter lady. It's not, everything is just the, the gigantic quest level choice of do you go left or right and doing these things. It's the, the small ones along the way matter. Mm-hmm. fantastic book yeah yeah i mean i think for me like so it makes sense right but the molly thing always kind of bugged me because they were like ah yes all the choices that you made along the way but they were almost like non-choices right it's like you know molly can either get beheaded or she could be harry's necromancer so that's that's a good choice Uh, harry dies so leah can train her or she can die on the streets i guess so that's a good choice you know that's not even a choice Um, out of leah because it's an obligation she has to take over when that's what i'm saying like yeah Yeah. for leah it was a for leah it was an obligation but molly could have told leah to fuck off i guess was that her choice like you know that that's what i'm saying it's like they make a big deal about all of molly's choices but at the end of the day like i mean the only choice that Molly made that impacted the the scale and, and direction of her life was whether or not to put the whammy on Nelson and his baby mama, right? Like that was, you know, like, because there are so many things stacked against her choosing the other way at times that it's like, what else was she going to choose? Like, I mean, I guess she could have gone on the run from the wardens. Like we've seen a couple of other warlocks do that, but they were going to catch her and she wasn't going to make it, <laughs> you know, like, um, so, so that's why I'm just like, you know, ah, yes, you were groomed by winter. And of course you were the nearest vessels. Like what other choice was there really though? Like at the end of the day, you know, like, I mean, she was being prepared as a backup, whether she knew it or not, but it was like, it happened because Maeve chose to kill Lily and move Sarissa because Mab did want her daughter in that position and not to lose her to went to summer as well as to Nemesis, the other one. Right. Didn't though Mab say that she was like contemplating Molly for summer? In just in case or something. Mab said well, a line said, that Molly would have been better suited for summer, but I disagree with that. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it is kind of it is kind of interesting. You disagree with Mab? Like, Wait, hold on. <laughs> well, Molly, Molly's sensitive, right? And she's got a, a somewhat sunny disposition usually, but you know, there other than that, like there are loads of different reasons why she would go to winter. And like we even see that in you know, how she's behaving as the winter lady though. Right. Like Molly, Molly does what she does as the winter lady, because it has to be done because she's seen that she's had those conversations with Mab, but 
she also does what she does as the winter lady because she understands winter. So she's got, you know, that level of empathy and that level of, of emotional understanding that it's like, you know, yeah. Okay. I mean, they're trolls and they're ogres and they're whatever, but they're, you know, like there's a reason for it. Right. They're not just mindless monsters. Like this is how they play out. Right. And so, you know, like, but she's, but that is theoretically a, a, a trait we would associate more with summer is the empathy and the warmth and the emotional understanding. Whereas winter is right. like, we kill and we fuck things and not necessarily in that order, you know? So. Yeah, that's, that's something won't. that I, I enjoy in general, the, the complexity of winter that there is, as you see with like Battlegrounds and the, the banner that Harry still has, he, um, he feels all of their fear and all of their pain and he has right. to go the cold logic of winter to dull it a little bit so he can continue functioning. But the, the pain that Mab feels is everyone's like, she does have that empathy for all of her people. Right. And then she has to, to hide it because it, it's too distracting. But that is the reason for fighting is because of all of their pain and their fear is like, they are the soldiers on the line to protect everyone's. I don't know if hide it is the right word, but like for Mab, it's math, right? Like, great. You're scared and you're hurt and all of that stuff. But all that does like, that's data. That's not that because I mean, it's, it's literally stoicism, right? You know, like it, it's a level and we could argue it and that sort of thing, but Mab understands the emotion and she understands the pain and she understands all of that. But you know what that says to Mab? It doesn't say, Oh, you poor baby. Let's like, let's coddle you and kiss your boo-boo. It says we need reinforcements. <laughs> you know, Mab is using it as the, as data. Like you're afraid because you're outnumbered and you're wounded because you were outnumbered. And now I've got a gap in the line. And so for her, it's all cold logic and making yes. those hard decisions in the moment. So yeah, like it's definitely um, that it's like you're scared and you're hurt. Let's make you capable of handling your problem so that you're not scared and you won't be hurt again. Versus right. like the essence that we get out of summer is the healing and the comforting and maybe some of the temper tantrums, but not to the same level of you have to protect yourself and others against right. what's going to come get you. Yeah, I would use p passion rather than tantrums, but you know, whatever. So it's a much more grown up word to use for that. Mm. But, but yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, I mean, summer, you know, yeah, like defending each other a little bit more probably than winter would do, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I was just like, she's not like she doesn't take that and internalize it per se. And I don't think she takes it and she ignores it. She's just not acting on it the way that you would expect an otherwise empathetic being to operate on it. Right. right. Um, you know, she like so far into the math, she's like robotically of like the math equals out that these people need to die to save others. And that's right. more worth it. And uh, that's, uh, it's a hard decision. And so she, as she retreats into logic and math, it's, painful on its own, even though it's protective. And that's what other people like Sarissa was serving the function of keeping her close to humans and to not uh, losing sight of all of that. And then it seems like also Harry is doing that as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, because far enough down the logic chain, you know, Mab could be like, oh yeah, it's absolutely Chicago's worth losing as long as we don't lose reality. You know, Chicago, one Chicago in a countless multiverse is not remotely important. 
Um, but you know, you'd have some other reason why, you know, um, why it would be important. So she's going to go full piggle map. I don't Rick and Morty reference infinite multiverse. Nothing matters. Gotcha. Gotcha. I've been rewatching yeah. Rig and Morty. Morty. I'm over to catch up. <laughs> if it's one of the last couple seasons, I'm behind. But yeah, so I, I just got to season four. Uh, I don't remember how far I got the first time. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's a pretty fast rewatch, though. Yeah, yeah this episodes yeah. are pretty short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, skipping ahead, still one of my favorite lines from Mab, especially, but possibly in the series, is like, "I knew I could take it. I did the math," you know. So, like, yeah. Now the best line she ever says is like, "Oh, you're gonna make some incomprehensible pop culture reference. We'll fight, 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 and then we'll get over it and could do what I say." So let's just get <laughs> right. ahead. Yeah, that's that's up there for sure. So. <laughs> Also, trailing behind, no, no doubt, but I, I'd say in the top three easily is what's that, you know? So, but anyway, yeah. you have a Princess Bride reference, <laughs> yeah. So, cold days, he generally did a good job, other than that one question we've been waiting for him to ask since uh, White Knight. So at least if not earlier so. because the, the summer night was like you know what he was meant to be even though we didn't get to hear the word starborn for a long time yeah. excuse me what was i meant to be <laughs> yes please tell me what was this thing what's, what am I what's all this be? fate garbage so i can ignore it and spit in its eye and all that stuff so. uh, but he, he made a lot of choices a lot of them good ones some of them questionable as bob points out of just like you went to your friend's house and you trashed all of his things and attacked his girlfriend and you were secretive about it why it's like there might be a bad trend but he has people who point it out for him so that's the important thing um, true i mean imagine imagine being on the winter side of things and a slippery slope i mean that slope is covered in ice it's slippery all the way down some so. motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill Nice. There's always going to be one. Every episode. It's always going to be just. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, that's the the big point of it. And one of the things that Vatteron was trying to say is, "What do you have?" He has friends. Those friends are important. Right. Those friends hit him in the face when he's being an idiot and not asking for their help because they are there to give it. And the importance of being with people is they keep you grounded. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, such a. It has all the themes. It's done everything well. It's, I love that book, but all the little choices. They don't kind of compare to the, the not asking the fucking question. But we can get to to skin game and talk <laughs> about the other friends that he's also being secretive to. That kind of sort of works out with butters. Kind of. Eh, it's yeah. weird. It's a mixed bag. It doesn't work out for Murphy so much, though. You know. It, Yet, maybe. Butters, yeah, Murphy, or, are, you, are you guys trying to summon EG? Yes. If you say it two more times, I think he appears. But is it yeah, Butters is the best character. Say... Butters is the best character. Butters is the best character. It's going to work. <laughs> is he watching? Well, we're about that, to find that's out. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It, right now, Murphy is holding a big fat L, right? The, she's got outs and stuff maybe, but you know, I'm just saying uh, her, 
her ale was given to her in this book and it didn't get better. So yeah, I mean, and honestly, if she made it through skin game, not getting injured at all, that doesn't necessarily stop her from getting killed in battleground because it was Rudolph. It wasn't tied to her yeah, injury but... and her inability. It was Rudolph and trigger discipline. I maybe yes. And there's many other ways that she could have gotten killed along the way anyway, that oh, didn't yeah. involve Rudolph, but I don't know. Like, I mean, and, and really it's, it's Murphy's choice in skin game as much as butter's choice in skin game. That's the problem, yes. you know? So, but, but yes, generally a bad time for his Scoobies uh, and them making good choices. So. And just a bad time in general. Uh, yeah. like Harry has like get on the boat or you're dying in three days <laughs> from Mab. It's like he had the choice in the beginning. She cannot compel him to do the order. Bad choice. Got his head bounced around an elevator. So no, that was that for was... talking back. Well, yeah, a bad choice. <laughs> so you know, he could have chose like to show up. Alex is a little too enthusiastic about the talking back line. That was talking back, and he had that in common. Yeah, <laughs> he's, God, he's got a mantle. He can take several dozen concussions in span of ten seconds and be more or less yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean he's well, already. That, got that depends that. if Butters' theory holds up or not. Where it's yeah. just, he just ignores it and it actually still damages him. At that point, Bonnie's still in there and she can put things back in order, clean up the mess. Man, scrambled brain. I don't. Yeah, I was going to say, you ever here seen? And this goes here. You ever seen a bird hatch? Humpty Dumpty doesn't get put back together afterwards. All right, so <laughs> that's not how any of this works. Yes. All right, choices. Um, let's see. So, because Mab cannot compel him, he does have to make the choice to take the job. But she did maneuver everything choice. perfectly right. Like, <laughs> right. like Molly is not available until the last moment. You do not get to have help. Everything has been intercepted and she is under a mile of ice. So uh, they have to go do this thing and then you, your head won't explode. She's still not telling what is the parasite that's going to kill him. And though we don't get to see it streamlined, Harry does make a really bright idea of, hey, I should go talk to the person who has all the answers. And he talks to Batarung slash Kringle. And it sets up the Goodman Gray and all that. That was right. quite clever. It was a great choice to both right. realize, like, he has help out of people. He can do the setup before. Um, and then the, the various choices that Mab and Marcone were pushing onto Nicodemus was also quite significant. But, like, there is no one else as a culmination of his 2,000 years of chaos other than his daughter that has to be paid at the blood gate right yeah what a shame that those two thousand years of generally being evil and a dick have caught up with you finally so yeah yeah but um because he has to be so secretive and he has all that information about andrew being able to listen into shadows and he can't tell anything and butters is all suspicious of like the first thing you say when you wake up when you're uh, from being unconscious is to pay a debt because you're a fairy now. We cannot trust you. You are scary. You've gone bad, just like Pet Cemetery. It's not a yeah. bad logic. This it, he is probably being inf influenced. Right. It isn't bad 
logic on Butters' part. He's is right to be suspicious, but he's completely discounting, as Murphy puts it, we've seen him through all of these things. You can have yeah. a little bit of faith. Right. Just a little bit. Murphy, I think Murphy, Murphy is, is right right here. Uh, and she that she's also gone through uh, what shall we say? Like she 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 did this in book two or something, right? And learned. Yeah. Yes. So. That's to me. That's not all of it, though. Like Murphy, especially in Cold Days, almost becomes like destructively bad the other direction, though, right? So having Murphy be the dichotomy with Butters is not the like slam dunk case that you want it to be because to me Murphy like made tons of reckless decisions starting in cold days and she basically decided you know what I'm gonna hitch my my horse to Harry Dresden and we're just gonna on until hell and and you see that that is no clearer than it is in cold days and it doesn't it doesn't go away it doesn't get better than that and so like I, I think for her, like the grief of losing him and then getting him back just kind of galvanized her feelings on the case because, you yeah, you you see her do loads of stuff starting, you know, at least from the um, um, the encounter with the red cap in the gardens and whatever. It's like, you know, she's the one that's there to save Dresden and whatever. She's riding around on her motorcycle the whole time. It's She's ride or die with Harry Dresden now. She's not making better decisions than Butters. For our purposes, she's making the right decision because whatever Harry needs to get help and whatever. But what you need is somebody like Michael. Like, you know, Michael is the one making the right decision for the right reason. Butters is making a bad decision for a bad reason. And, and Murphy is making a right decision for a bad reason <laughs> because Michael's going to sit there and be like, you're being an idiot. I still love you, but you need to hear this, <laughs> you know, whereas Murphy is like, everybody shut up or I'll cut you. We're listening to Dresden, you know, like right. she's not making good choices either. Like, let's just clarify that. You're right. And as she did explicitly say in cold days that she's going to be with Harry until the end of the world or until she can no longer be like even as bad as he's possibly going to be he's quite monstrous in, in cold days because he's trying to get a handle on everything and she was there for him and she was going to stay um so as much as blinded by that as she is her argument is not wrong just for that but he's discount butters is discounting it right out of i fear, suspicion. And if Michael was in the position of Butters of knowing that Harry is keeping a lot of secrets, possibly suspiciously, possibly uh, affected and no longer fully human, he would still not have put a bug on Harry to follow him out. Because like, as you saw in like a small favor, when Matt messed with his brain and took away his blasting rod, like we, they could all tell that something was wrong. All they did was ask the question of where is your blasting rod to actually get the thing. They did not Right. start following him of like being suspicious they did not mistreat right. him in any way butters mistreated him right no That's for sure person. like michael michael's generally beyond reproach you know for for stuff like that but like it's because he's above board all the time like if he's got a concern he will confront harry with it but even still like fine the blasting rod that's the, what a great what a great moment he held a fucking coin <laughs> okay and michael still trusted him he michael, still you trusted know, he's, a, him. he's got a denarian then like you know yeah i mean he'll tell me when he's he, ready 
Yeah, right. He will make the right choices. Harry, like Michael's faith is unshakable in Harry and God. Like there are only two things that Michael believes in Harry Dresden and Jesus Christ, you know, because like the, like you don't, like it's, it's literally unshakable that when Harry was a card carrying member of the bad guys that Michael spent his entire life fighting, he still didn't lose the faith. And got rewarded for that. So yes, Michael is not going to bug him. Michael would be, you know, he would be the voice of reason. Just be like, Harry has his reasons. Let him come to us when he's ready type of thing. You know, Right. But, and to, yeah. to this point, yes, Harry did start acting strangely in cold days. He did get break into the place, break a bunch of computers and attack Andy and all that. But at that, after that, in that cold days book, Butters got to see what and why he got to understand he just was like oh this was i mean it was a gigantic mess but it was fine it's for a good reason and so it's fighting the cause and all, all those good things mm-hmm. but then he gets it the next book and, and just like he did a bad thing before for a good reason it's just like baby don't put a bug on him it's the biggest thing don't bug him right i mean following yeah. him would have been fine but the because the bug is traceable is the issue was it though? Because I thought he literally got caught at the window. Like I thought that was the no, problem. Because they that... were all like acting weird and scratching. Like they could tell that they're being watched, but they didn't know it until they started paying attention. Right. And then like, there, there's a magical thing on them in his cast, mm-hmm. and that was uh, what clued them in on whatever was going wrong. And then they chased him down. It wasn't I think just Harry that he could was have done outside. that differently. The whole breaking in with Butters and everything. You know, he could have been could have done that differently. He could have just oh yeah. Cast a spell, or he must have like a spell that can make him tell Butters in private. I need to make it look like you know, working with me. The note, yeah. (laughs) The problem is, Harry's really bad at magic, especially subtle magic, and there's loads of people better than him. So, to think that he could do something untraceable than that, like it's called a dead drop for starters. Like, he could have just set up a dead drop and, yeah, then done a note or or passed word through you know, somebody else that he trusted. Uh, sure yeah that those were generally stupid i mean what what was his justification again wasn't it like oh i needed to make a big mess because i've got to look like the bad guy you know or whatever yes he has to look like the bad guy so that no one goes after butters and andy to hurt them for information on him because if he broke in that means that he's not their ally and therefore they're not a target even though that didn't work and andy got kidnapped anyway right i mean nobody said harry dresden was smart you know, like, no. you know, he <laughs> makes bad choices all the time. But but yeah, in, in this case, like, so I, th- I think everybody has a tough time with like Butters in this book for the same reason, but more so that they have a problem with Ramirez in the next books, because, you know, the, like we see Dresden from Dresden's perspective and these guys lost that faith, right? They betrayed Harry Dresden because they didn't keep the, the friendship and they didn't trust him enough to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, look at it from the outside perspective, right? Like he's absolutely compromised his fucking God. Like, yeah, his godfather, his grandfather doesn't trust him. <laughs> Because he's compromised, my dudes. And yeah, that hurts me because Ebenezer is like one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character. So I get it. It hurts my feelings a little bit and whatever. It sucks that he's not trusted by his people. But how many people you've seen run around with the white 
count uh, the white court and not be compromised. Let's just start with that. You know, it makes all the fucking sense in the world. How many people you see working with the winter court and not be compromised? So, so yeah, they <laughs> like, no, yes. Yeah. I mean, so, but, but in, but in any case, like it makes all the sense in the world. And from butters perspective, it's twice as bad because butters has got no power, at least until like this book, right? We, he's got nothing. He's the little guy. He's he's the prey in all of this. Whatever happens, Butters isn't changing the situation and making it better. He's going to get stepped on or eaten. That's Butters' position in this food chain. And so he's absolutely got every reason to be skittish, you know, uh, regardless of trust and common history and, and all of that other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but it's totally understandable to me. Does he take it too far with the whole bug thing and the following and shit? Yeah. Like get your shit out of the line of fire. Like you're just, you're just asking to get caught, you know, like it's, at no point actually, were you I just remembered. It's not only the bug, which was, was bad because then he got caught. He also right. then, as he was running away, made the choice to go to the carpenter house because he right. knew that a sword was there. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I get it running towards the biggest safety beacon ever, but it did. It brings threat to the carpenters. It. Uh, there are a lot of kids and, there, to be honest. It is kind of a dick move. I kind sure. of. It, to, yeah. It's again. So talking about you know cowards and that sort of thing. Butters and Mortimer are the biggest cowards in the books, right? So he went to the only place he thought he would be safe, and he was right. And yeah, like he, you know, he threatened the kids and all of that stuff again. Not great decision making. What exactly were his choices? You know, like it, it, he's already he's already caught. He's already gonna suffered the consequences like a man. Yeah, so die. Comes. Yep. Yeah, mostly just gonna die then. You know, like yeah, I mean that that yeah, it sucks. And you're absolutely right. He put the kids in danger and all of that stuff. But he also maybe that was a demonstration of his faith that you know michael was going to be able to protect it and handle it and that sort of thing which he did with the help of uriel you know so he got he got more help than he ex expected right. and, or counted on but you know. and that's touching on the thing of like not only was this a giant gambit of uh mab and marcones of hurting uh nicodemus in as much way as it possibly could but it was also a gambit of uriel's to save um what their tongueless faces are. I forgot the. Yeah, I forgot Nicodemus the is cult. I don't know if they have they, a, an, an <laughs> They had a name. I just don't remember. Um, but, but Uriel made a lot of bets as well. And when he does that, it's a question of like, how many of these choices are real choices? Because he's a freaking archangel that can manipulate really small things of like, of course you should go to the carpenter house. And of course I'm going to help Michael walk out that gate and setting it up in exactly the correct way leaving free will but also ensuring that it's going to do what he wants it to it's a, an odd question and i mean and you can see that out of uriel was quite satisfied with brothers as he been getting um the lightsaber sort of faith mm -hmm. uh but that also did require for murphy to make the wrong choice and try to strike nicodemus out of judgment because it required doing the 
the big move choice of going there in the first place. Of like all these events had to happen in this order for this to, and yeah. all the infinite realities. Uriel is the one Uriel, so there's a lot of realities where that didn't happen. I guess. Well, yeah, at it's least sweet. at least one. Maybe Uriel's you know, Rick. Like... <laughs> Nothing matters. Yeah. Uh, more like everything. No, matters. I. Yeah, yeah, I... right. I don't know about all that, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think Murphy's choice from Uriel's perspective is probably totally regrettable, but you know, like it worked out, you know, Uriel's, Uriel's definitely going to be the guy who sees the silver lining of every cloud. All right. Like out of anybody in the series, but in his giant jumbo, you know, yeah. Like, you know, Uriel though is probably because he knows literally everything about what's going on with the situation that sort of thing it's like yeah i mean okay so ideally breaking the blade wasn't the best thing but the blade wasn't the powerful part <laughs> you know so so all you know all nicodemus did was send a message he didn't unmake the thing you know that would have been way worse at bianca's for example than it was uh you know and and we didn't see uriel at bianca's so you know well, i don't think he was there because he was worried. Then reforged right isn't that the wording he uses well, I mean, maybe, but like I, the, I think the way that we understand them is that the the nails are worked into the hilt, you know, yeah. that or you know, so it's just like, yeah, okay, you broke a bunch of steel, bummer, you know, yeah, and the and the swords have been remade multiple times, but mm -hmm. I mean, Sonya yeah. says that he got his sword from Michael the Archangel, right, or an alien, something. I mean, as as the angels are our messengers originally, right? You know, maybe you know Michael's like, ah, well, I'm running around delivering packages. I guess I can take the sword. Don't read too much into it. It's not like Michael like was like, boom, forged a sword. Here you go, Merry Christmas. Try not to cut yourself with it, you know. Um, but... Got one of my trap siblings inside. Here you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Talk about patience, man. Just sitting there inside a sword all the time, watching people be stupid around you all the time. Like we're sitting in a bucket with umbrellas, just like waiting. So can you right. please do something? Now, like when you finally get get in the hands of someone, you get to smack talk someone for the first time in a thousand years, and you're just like, oh, I really got to pick my words now. Yeah, right. I've been I've been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah. To be fair, at least when he was in the uh, in the umbrella rack, like he had a friend for a while, right? You know, so there was yeah. two of them. <laughs> you know, so, so like, see, just, so, yeah, that'd so be a lesson. Do you think like Mouse is ever gonna realize that he's stronger than than the cat? Yeah, I mean, I think he knows. You think so? Yeah, I think he's just being polite. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, probably. Right. I wonder if Mouse talks to them, the swords. Right. I assume Hello, big brother. Hello, big brother. Come on. Hey, Mouse. Yeah. Dresden brings him home, puts him in the umbrella stand. Mouse looks at the swords, looks at Dresden like, what? Like, do you not realize? Are you kidding right. me right now? You know, like, Dresden's like, what? Go eat your dinner. <laughs> Quit bugging me. <laughs> I think we should talk a little bit more about Murphy's choice, even though we're at time. We just because it was another one of those things of she did have a choice, but it was also an impossible one because either she kills Nicodemus with judgment 
or she has to let him go because he gave up his coin for 30 seconds. It's, it's a classic gambit, right? And, and it was a role-playing game, right? But I, but like our party got faced with something along those lines once as well. Right. And, and I was the ranger in the situation and it's, it's a great, fantastic old role-playing story, but long story short, we're like fighting Vecna, you know, like the Vecna, a lot more people know about it these days, but you know, he's on his way to be an archlich. He's, he's going to ascend is, is kind of the story point we're at. And we we capture him in a bottle because our cleric, played by my you know young teenage brother, had a flash of inspiration, got him stuck in a bottle basically. And we have two paladins in the party, Vecna so he's genie. he starts begging for forgiveness. And luckily, I was the chaotic good guy that could say, "Oh hell no, <laughs> we're absolutely going to kill this fool!" Right? And you just got to do it the right way. Like her problem was like, she was trying to use the Holy Avenger to kill the guy asking for forgiveness. She could have arrested him. She could have pulled a sidearm and shot him. She could have done so many different things, but she decided to attack him with the sword, which he's got 2000 years more experience fighting against and wielding than she does. And she won. She won the skirmish. Right fine but it's obviously a trap like you know like i i don't give her a lot of wiggle room for this right it all works out and whatever it's it's an amazing bit of storytelling it's a hundred percent classic with the whole like you know the the righteous do-gooders and and the dark evil bad guy and how he's finally begging for forgiveness because of course it's a ploy but you have to take it seriously because you're the good guys it is absolutely black and white mustache twirling evil like the right move for him to pull in that moment but she's apparently chaotic good and so is harry dresden but you didn't have to be chaotic stupid you could have done a number of other things in that moment you could have you're a cop you know how to pull a, a weapon off a suspect kick him in the face and handcuff him i don't know like i gotta go reread the scene right now but those are the things that come to mind in the moment is like you had a bunch of options that didn't involve trying to stab him and stab him with like one of the worst attacks of all time because you know he basically like rolls out of the way and like breaks the sword right you know, it's just like there were so many other things you could have done. It, it's a classic, you know, Thanos, you should have aimed for the head moment, right? It's like, well, obviously you should have gone for his head. <laughs> what were you thinking? You know, like uh, chop off his arm, you know. That, um, Murphy, the person who's very well armed generally and has guns in her ankles, like didn't have another weapon available except for the one sword that she was hiding in a bazooka, which was still fun. Right. Whoops. <laughs> Did you refresh or click back or something? Our friend linked me something. I clicked it and wanted to close it and then I closed everything. Oh. Nice. <laughs> Classic. But yeah, so yeah, Murphy made a lot of bad decisions and it wasn't just her like going to kill him in vengeance type of thing. Like, I, I don't even necessarily disagree with her on that. Like, you know, it's a it's a classic. Uh, another another good example. Episode three, Star Wars. He's too he's too dangerous to be left alive. OK, fine. Don't be an idiot about it. <laughs> you know, like there are ways to make sure that he's not a threat 
that don't also require breaking the sword and a bunch of other stuff, you know? Um, I, that's my quibble with it is that I feel like, you know, in the moment she chose poorly, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, but it was, it was the master stroke from Nicodemus because that, he's almost going to win in every, every kind of situation as well with that. Right. Because you're going to doubt yourself. That gives him an opening. You're going to reset the the fight that gives him an opening. Like there's no point where he doesn't wind up with the upper hand on this. So, you know, you definitely need to be like, okay, how's he getting out of this? That's where you should have switched your train of thought. Not like, ah, oh, yes, Nicodemus, after 2,000 years, we've finally broken through. It was me, the little blonde girl, who defeated you in single combat. And of course, you will reform your evil and, and scummy ways. Oh, hell no. What's your trick? <laughs> you know, you should have immediately been thinking, like, does he got a, a you know, ankle holster? Like, is he, is he waiting for his dudes to come around the corner in a van and start blasting the place? Like, what's the next play? You know, so... That's where the underestimation comes in and she made bad choices, you know. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. She's always had a judgmental streak. But Okay. Yeah. And it Yeah, it's a difficult thing of all of the ways that we are second guessing her. It's like we can think of all the ways that she could have done it that in that moment of what three seconds, can you think of all of those options? Probably not. But I also She's a cop. She's trained to make those decisions. She's trained to deal with a suspect that she knows is dangerous, regardless of if he put his weapon down. You know, like she she fucking practices Aikido just because he's put his weapon down doesn't mean that he's not going to try and grab her and put her in a headlock, you know, or he's not going to try and break her leg because, you know, spoilers, that happens like. Yeah, she absolutely should have been thinking what's that's that's one threat, but he's probably got about four or five others. And that's not even counting the fact that he's literally also just got, you know, crazy magic powers as far as she knows. You know, sure, he gave up the coin, but is that his only trick? Sure, he dropped his sword, but is that his only weapon? Hell no. She knows better than that or she should have. You I mean, know? he's still wearing the um, the rope that Harry right? almost killed him with. I mean, that's that have grabbed that and strangled him. But again, yeah. second guessing. Harry does not in the moment. Yeah, Harry. Harry because sure he's an idiot. But oh, did he in mm -hmm. the in that moment? Yeah, he's like, I've been choked by this, so that's goodbye. But mm -hmm. so again, yeah. oh, shoot the bastard. So guns are going to throw. Yeah, if you're going to throw it all away anyway, yeah, pull that sig that you're so proud of. You know. <laughs> now and to be fair, just so we're clear. I'm not saying that's the good decision. I'm saying that's the right decision because that's absolutely executing in cold blood in an evil move right there. Right. So let's just clarify that right now too. Yeah. That's an evil move, but that's the kind of thing that the chaotic good guys would do. The ends justifies the means, right? That's, you know, like there's, there's a line there and then you cross over and then you become mustache twirling chaotic evil. But like, you know, that's the, I'm, I'm killing him to stop him from hurting more people, you know, type of thing. If she felt that strongly about it, if she wanted to go lawful good, she would have fucking hooked him up in handcuffs. And she's absolutely capable of doing that theoretically because she's a cop. That's, that's her oh. every day. You know. She's no cop anymore. That would be a citizen's arrest, but blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, but but I mean, really? She's got a fucking bazooka case? She doesn't have handcuffs? Come on. I mean, 
I'll shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this still does kind of go back to uh, what plan does Uriel have? Because if um, it had to happen in that way for Butters to get a lightsaber, the lightsaber that goes to his religion of Star Wars. Um, and then they had to get into the vault. <laughs> okay, but no. <laughs> well, no, Uriel makes a comment because uh, uh, Butter says there is no try. It's like he had faith in the story, and that was good enough. Um, okay, fine. I'm just going off of what Uriel said. But mm -hmm. um, Uriel needed uh, Harry and all the Scoobies and gang to get into the vault so that they can get all of the artifacts, which were important. It's an armory. It's time for those things to be released. Hades knew and was in on the plan. It's like, okay, yeah, if you can make it out, it's yours. And so they didn't get the grail, but they got all of the other things. And that uh, Spear of Destiny was super important in the next book. So it's like that needed to happen for everything else. And Uriel, knowing everything's going to like, some of this, Absolutely, people can be making different choices, but if it didn't happen in this specific way with all of these choices, the cumulative effect would be we, we get a very, very different story and maybe no Spear of Destiny when the Titan comes around. Right. I mean, in, in the meta sense of like, you know, what was Murphy going to do in Hades' vault? What exactly help was she going to be there? I mean, exactly. maybe she had the sword. Maybe she would have just been a Knight of the Cross, but she wouldn't have had the grace. So would she have just died later anyway? You know, because like I, the grace probably was like a non-trivial amount of help, <laughs> you know, for Michael, not just the, the free walking and all of that stuff. Like we clearly see him like invoke all manner of scripture and prayer and stuff in the vault that he didn't do nearly as much in, in other places. Right. You know, it's like he, he always used in nominee day and a few other things, but he was Nominee. practically in Latin mode when he was fighting Nicodemus in the vault. Right. You know, mm -hmm. like everything was, was coming out, you know, uh, as some scripture or prayer or whatever in Latin, but, you know, so it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe, but again, Uriel's kind of bound to the decisions. Like, you know, I, I'd be like, it's to me, it's more of a Uriel thing. He would have been fine with Murphy besting Nicodemus there and, and walking off with the sword or whatever. But yeah, like, I mean, I guess they needed Nicodemus still to get him to the vault and yes, they needed and to get Nic the things. And, yeah. Uh, Nicodemus had to help get them in and Deidre had to die to at the uh, gate of blood for Harry to get all of those armaments. It has right. to happen in that specific way, even though we're going to say she could have done something differently. Boo. <laughs> this is what, like, the, the interference of an archangel does kind of change the nature of choices. Right. As much as yep. he tries to say, it's like, oh, no, it's your free will, your choices that made everything happen. It's like, yeah, I don't know, he's rigging the game. Right. Softly. Well, and that, I mean, and that's where, like, to me, it muddies the waters, even with the archangels, because he's clearly got choices. If he didn't, he couldn't give you his grace, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, he makes it very clear that that's his choice. And if you fall with his grace, he falls because he made a bad choice, you know, like, so, so yeah, the whole like free will and where that, like, is it a spectrum versus is it a black and white kind of line? Like that's, the, the this book is what clouds all of that especially but like you know to me 
it's like it's the whole you know the whole mythology anyway like you know like in order to fall you must have free will (laughs) so everything aside from that is an argument right like we we had angels at least make three kinds of choices you know uh according to apocrypha and and other mythologies and stuff like that so it's like bro is making choices you can argue how much his hands are tied or whatever all day but you know yeah and and he very likely maneuvered everything but but he's he's playing chess against nicodemus as well ultimately right and fate and a few Mm -hmm. other things because nicodemus had to chase butters to michael's house michael had to come out you know and all of those things had to happen in order for uriel to be like oh p.s before you go outside why don't you take this Mm -hmm. you know here's a little grace for you so right here's a little lightsaber He's getting all up in the business in this one. And for all of that maneuvering, it seems to me that Murphy did get a very uh, bad deal. Maybe worth, like, maybe she deserved it, but also she was maneuvered by people who handle cosmic powers all the time. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Sunshine has lunch with Batarung once a year. Maybe he's trying to make a payment at some point and give her something back. I mean, honestly, I think it's kind of like Map, right? It's contingencies and plans and plans. So mm-hmm. he was like, okay, Butters can be lightsaber. That's cool. Murphy can choose to then become a fool by not trying to kill him or something like that. Mm-hmm. But so, everything worked yeah. out as Uriel wanted. The, the Squires, that's the name. The, the Squires were saved. Um, Butters got his lightsaber. Nicodemus has been run out and his daughter's dead and all of the things that's like all of these good things happened as to Uriel and other people's plans and Murphy got par- like quite brutally injured and maybe he's gonna try to pay her back the nature of debt is really important in this universe yeah said- I mean some some payment P.S. the last time you were alive you got shot in the neck by that junior kid that you used to have kicking around. It's been 200 years and everybody that you know has died, but (laughs) you didn't, you could have been on the fast track to heaven, but instead you've been kicking around Valhalla for the last 200 years. So sounds like a great time. Yeah. Thank me anytime. You know, you could just tell me how grateful you are. I'm listening. You know, like, yeah, I don't think that's how that's going down. So I think Vatteron probably made the choice of taking her. uh, But maybe Uriel can argue for her side to be let out earlier. Yeah, okay, maybe. But in their once a year lunches. See, but that so the difference is. It'd be more like a jailbreak, I think. Well, because it's like, I don't think Uriel can just put in a good word like the the way that it seemed to be was that Odin is bound by certain things. Like he can only do this because the rules, like there's a loophole, but the loophole is like everybody else you've ever known needs to be also dead, which also is a little bit of a wrinkle when you've got a wizard kicking it around, right? So either wizards are the loophole or she's got to wait until even Dresden's gone. So maybe Uriel does like a, you know, maybe he can do an exchange. I don't know. How does that work with the celestial powers? I wouldn't say prison break. It doesn't quite fit it, but, but a prisoner you know, swap? 
But but like I don't know that Vaterung can do it if that makes sense. I don't know that Odin could be like, ah, yes, I'm going to let you out 200 years early for good behavior. You know, like that's literally not within his power. That's why he has to wait the 200 years or whatever in the first place. You know, so. But right, right. I mean, it it could be a swap so that she comes back as an archangel instead of a, a Valkyrie. Close enough, anyway. But uh, it it um, Ragnarok is coming. He just shows up as Rashid and be like, ah, yes, I'm here to get Murphy. Thanks. And then Vatarung's like, oh, you sly bastard. You know, ah, darn, you caught me. And then he has to hand her over to himself. And then, you know. No? Okay. It's, Ragnarok is coming and we know that. Maybe she can be early on the side of being let out. What? I was just, I was trying to figure out Fenrir and like, didn't she already have something to do with that? But I'm, my brain is trying to connect two dots that I don't think are connected or connecting. Fen Fenrir's so. wolf, the giant wolf that will kill Odin. Yeah. And she's afraid of dogs. Most of the connections is that, I can see. Is that yeah, she's afraid is? of big dogs. Mouse is the only one that she likes that's big. Ah, that's a small person thing. So, yeah. <laughs> also, maybe the werewolf that killed uh, her partner. <laughs> There we go. The werewolves, obviously. Yeah. Because oh, she did maybe. the whole silver bullet thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That that works. I don't think that's what I was thinking, but that that does still fit that hole. So, yeah. All right. I think I think we've uh, talked ourselves into knots. Um, <laughs> we will what? Oh. Tangents. What's that? I know we got two whole books to cover next episode. So, you know, and he made a lot of stupid decisions. I think that's what's going to carry us through that hour is like he, he did really good for several books and then boy, did he get stupid fast. So, yeah, yeah, he did. That, that'll be um, fun to, to second guess him on all of those. Uh, and that'll be in a couple of weeks. And next week we're doing what a no topic. We don't have a topic think... set for while we weren't recording. Okay. Yeah. We've got other homework to do for the week after that. Um, and then we'll eventually we'll get Andreas to do his cooking show. <laughs> I'm making no promises. Do it. We want to judge you making filler. We've got the name already You're cooking all the time. Anyway, you just got to yeah. get a camera in there, man. So mm. you have a phone. Yeah. This all works out. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that's it. Check out our end of year sacred Santa thing, because that was a lot of fun last week. 